الحمد لله الحمد لله خالق الوجود من العدم وجاعل النور من الظلم ومخرج الصبر من الألم فملق التوبة على الندم فنشكره على المصائب كما نشكره على النعم ونصلي على رسوله الأكرم ذي الشرف الأشم والنور الأتم والكتاب المحكم وكمال النبيين والخاتم سيد ولد آدم الذي بشر به عيسى بن مريم ودعا لبعثته إبراهيم عليه السلام حين كان يرفع قواعد بيت الله المحرم فصلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى أتباعه خير الأمم الذين بارك الله بهم كافة الناس العرب منهم والعجم فالحمد لله الذي لم يتخذ ولدا ولم يكن له شريك في الملك ولم يكن له ولي من الذل وكبره تكبيرا والحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا والحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله أرسله الله تعالى بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا فصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وإن شر الأمور محدثاتها وإن كل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الحمد لله الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا قيما لينذر بأسا شديدا من لدنه ويبشر المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات أن لهم أجرا حسنا ماكثين فيه أبدا اللهم اجعلنا من المؤمنين الذين يعملون الصالحات رب شحل صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي واللهم ثبتنا عند الموت بلا إله إلا الله واللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, before he was given the responsibility of being Allah's Messenger was famous in Mecca. People knew him as the most honest human being. People knew him as the most courteous human being. He didn't raise his voice. He wasn't mean to people. He was merciful. He was involved in humanitarian work. Uh, so his character was actually one of the softest personalities. It's one of the softest people you'll ever meet, the nicest people you'll ever meet. And he was never harsh to anybody. And a lot of times when we talk about our Messenger even the Qur'an says وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ We sent you as nothing except a rahmah, an act of loving care for all nations and all people. So our Messenger embodies love and care. But at the same time, our Messenger of Allah has been given a very difficult responsibility. As soft and as courteous and as kind and as caring as Rasulullah is at the same time, the Qur'an that he was given, a lot of what the Qur'an said was not soft. Allah is not speaking softly to people who commit shirk. Allah is not speaking softly to people who are killing baby girls alive. Allah is not speaking softly to people who are cheating others in business. 
So the Qur'an was actually questioning a lot of what was happening in Mecca in very harsh words. So you've got a contradiction. You've got the nicest man you've ever met, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the softest personality you've ever met. But the words that are coming out of his mouth are extremely offensive. You have to understand, we believe in these words, we consider them sacred. But the people who first heard them, they did not like these words. They were offended by these words. Because when you say something like, you're, be, you're being unfair, you're being unjust, the Qur'an wasn't just criticizing poor people that were being unfair. When the Qur'an was talking about shirk, it was actually talking about the political leaders of Makkah. It was going after governors, it was going after mayors, they were in charge of the idols. So it was not something small. Who are these people that push the orphan around? They have fake prayers just to show off. You know, even nowadays in the world, politicians, when it comes to election season, they show up to mosques and churches and temples and kiss babies to show that they're religious. This is what they used to do back then too. To impress the people, they do religious services, but their religion is fake, their prayers are fake. The Qur'an calls them out. So the, the Prophet ﷺ, when he was giving the Qur'an to people, with, with his kind heart, the words of Allah, in many places they are very kind, but in other places they're extremely offensive. After all, Allah doesn't need to be soft because He is the Master. And He's speaking to His slaves. He speaks from a position of authority. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, is a slave of Allah, but Allah is the master. He speaks to his subjects, to who he owns, the way an owner speaks to those that he owns. So he calls and criticizes. So the Qur'an from the very beginning started offending Meccans. It's, they started saying things like, this is against our culture, this is against our heritage, nobody else believes this, this is crazy, this is unacceptable, this is an insult to our history, to our tradition. How can he talk like this? And not only that, when Allah, when Allah started talking about people who cheat others in business, these people who, you know, they sell goods, but they give you 90%, not 100%. They give you a little bit less and get away with it. These people that cheat others in their work. These were the millionaires of Makkah. These were wealthy people. The Quran did not, the Messenger of Allah was not afraid to speak out to say something that offended the most powerful people in that society. You can think of it in modern terms, those were the people that ran the politics, those were the people that controlled the media, those were the people that had all the money. And they were the ones the Messenger of Allah was offending. While at the same time, إِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ You have the greatest character, the Qur'an says. You are committed to a great character. When people came to him, they recognized his softness and his gentleness. So there are two different things. What we say is the truth. And the truth is hard. The truth is steel. It doesn't bend. But the way we say it is soft. The way we say the truth is soft. We don't, we're, not, we're not hateful to people. You know, I'm reminded in the Qur'an, there's a dichotomy. I want to uh, help you understand this. On the one hand in the Qur'an, for the nation of Lut, for the nation of Lut, if you study the nation of Lut in the Qur'an, the way Allah describes, for example, in Surah Al-Qamr, the punishment that Allah gave those people, Allah talked about a number of nations that were destroyed, but when He got to the nation of Lut, He mentioned the punishment double. He mentioned it more for them than anybody else. 
And he spoke, took extra time. It's, it's Allah's speech. And he's talking about other nations that defied other prophets, that committed other sins, and yet Allah punished them. And when it came to them, Allah paused and said different kind of punishment. But then he talks about it in Surah Al-Qamar, and then he goes on. That's what he does. And this is happening in other places in the Quran too. But at the same time, the same nation, when the angels came to destroy this nation, they didn't go straight to that nation. They stopped at the house of Ibrahim alayhi salam. And when they stopped at the house of Ibrahim alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam was begging Allah, pleading with the angels. As a matter of fact, the words used are, يُجَادِلُنَا fi qawmi Lut. He was debating us. Allah says he was debating us for the, for the sake of the people of Lut. For the sake of the, those people. Meaning, if there's at least one believer among them, ten believers among them, can we spare them? Can we find some way to spare them? In other words, there's again a dichotomy. On the one hand, Allah is extremely angry. But his beloved messenger Ibrahim salam, is being extremely merciful towards those people. Because he wants them to be saved at any cost. And we call ourselves the religion of Ibrahim salam. So these, what seem like contradictions, we have to properly understand them as Muslims. And my khutbah today is dedicated to one idea. Muslims will always be under pressure. Always. It doesn't matter if it's 2019, or if it's 1019, or one day it's 3019. It won't matter. Muslims will always be under pressure. And our values, what we believe, will not be what the majority of the people believe. That is the history of Islam. When messengers came, والسلام, when they presented the values of this religion, the majority of the people around them were offended. So don't be shocked that what you believe and I believe is going to be offensive to someone. Whether we mean to offend them or not, they will be offended. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, did not become a different person. He was still kind. He was still merciful. He was still fair. All of his business dealings were exactly the same. The people before Islam used to call him As-Sadiq Al-Ameen. They used to call him the truthful one, the honest one. Nothing changed except that he delivered the message of Islam and now they started calling him a liar. They started calling him insane. They started calling him a troublemaker. They started saying that he steals information from here and there. They started saying he's after money. All of the things that they said about the Prophet ﷺ changed. Only one thing has changed. Nothing about his character has changed. He's still a sadiq and he's still a lameen. He's still the nicest person there ever was. The only thing that has changed, that has offended those people so much, that they hate him so much, that they will make all kinds of lies against him, is that he stands up for Islam now. That he speaks the Qur'an now. And this is Allah's way. That when we stand with the Qur'an, that there will be people that will be offended. They will hate what we say and what we stand for. Allah tells us in the Qur'an, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Don't be afraid of them, be afraid of me. Don't fear them, fear me. You know, in Surah Al-Kahf, Allah describes this, and I'll give you this by way of analogy. The Surah Al-Kahf, by the way, it's the wisdom of our Prophet his divine teaching that we're supposed to recite this surah every Friday. I think a lot of you know that. We're supposed to recite this surah every Friday. There's many things in the surah, but the, from the very beginning, Allah described the Quran. He says, Alhamdulillah, الذي أنزل على عبده الكتاب ولم يجعل له عوجا. He said, praise and gratitude belongs to Allah, who sent the book on his slave. The book meaning the Qur'an. And he did not allow for any deviation in it, any crookedness in it. Now let's understand what that crookedness means. You know, a hundred years ago, a hundred years ago, in the United States, the way people dressed was very different. Yes or no? It was. 
And what was appropriate at a beach or not appropriate at a beach was completely different. There were signs in California of what's inappropriate clothing at a beach. There were signs like that in this country. And then a year goes by, five years go by, ten years go by, did those values change? Yes. Those values changed. You know, let me say something that maybe you, some of you will find offensive, it doesn't matter, it's okay with me. Maybe 20, 30 years ago, no one here who came from a decent Muslim family was okay having the, their daughter take a picture of herself and put a big poster in the house so any guest that comes sees a picture of their daughter wearing makeup. Nobody here was okay with that. But now, our daughters can put their pictures posing on Facebook. And the world can see it, and it's completely fine. It's okay. It's just social media. We can redefine what's right and wrong. We can redefine it. Things, values change. Norms change. What used to be totally not okay, it becomes more okay, then it becomes more okay. You know, even with you and your parents. Some of you that are older, when you used to talk to your parents, Baba Jan, Abba Jan, Ya Abil Karim, Ya Abil Karim, you used to use words like that. And then came time for your children, they say, Dad? Or they say, uh-huh. What? You would think of death before you talk to your father that way. But they're completely okay talking to you that way. And the way they talk back to you. And then in the next generation, they won't even call them dad. They'll say, Kareem. You know, they'll just call them by name. They'll just call them by name. Values change. So norms change. Things that we used to, even in American society, by not even by Muslim standards, what used to be okay and not okay on TV in the 70s, completely changed by the time the 80s came. Which completely changed again by the time the 90s came. And then the 2000s came. And now it's a completely different world of media, isn't it? There are things that you would never have imagined as a kid on television that are completely normal now. What I'm trying to say is that values in society keep on moving and moving. And when you have a little bit of deviation, like if you have a straight line, even if it goes for a thousand miles, it's a straight line. But if you have a line that's a little bit of bend, then the bend keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, doesn't it? So what did our deen do? Allah gave us a book and He called it Lam He doesn't allow a bend in it. There's no bends allowed. This Qur'an came 1400 years ago. Society has changed, culture has changed, technology has changed, the world around us has changed, languages have changed, economies have changed, but the values of this book have no bend. It doesn't matter what age you're living in, what Allah said is wrong, has always been wrong, and will always be wrong, no matter who's offended by it. What Allah says is right, will always be right. It doesn't matter who likes it and doesn't like it. Allah says, وَقُلِ الْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكُمْ فَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيُؤْمِنُ وَمَنْ شَاءَ فَلْيَكْفُرُ The truth comes from your master. Whoever wants, they can accept it. They can believe in it. Whoever wants, they can reject it. You know what's crazy though? Muslims, in different times of pressure, the further away they get from their book, they ask questions like, how do we answer this? If we say this, people will be offended. If we believe in this, people won't like it. What do we tell our kids at school about these, these things that they're teaching them that, that, that are normal now because we don't want our kids to stick out. Actually, the problem with being Muslim is that you're always going to stick out. Congratulations. You'll never be normal. The Prophet ﷺ says, Congratulations to the weirdos, literally. Gharib means strange. You will bada al-Islamu gharibun. Islam started as something strange. People said, what is this? What is this strange thing? We, there, these people don't fit. The problem with Muslims today is we are trying to fit. We're trying to fit in. We want to be like everybody else. We don't want to be looked at as strange. 
by definition, you and I are the religion of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Ibrahim alayhi salam. His whole town thought he was strange. <laughs> his father thought he was strange. He got kicked out of his home. He got burnt alive. Literally, they wanted to burn him alive. Why? Because he won't bend. Because he won't bend. He doesn't want to budge. Because he knows this is the truth and that's it. The only fear he has is that of Allah, not of people. He's not worried about being accepted, not even by his own family, not even by his own father or uncle. He doesn't, that's not what, what matters to him. I've turned my face towards the one who made the skies and the earth. The only, the only person I'm, con the only individual, the only being rather, I'm concerned with is Allah, that's it. I don't care about nothing else. Everything else is secondary. Think about that thought process and where we are today. You know, Allah didn't just say He didn't allow abandon it. He said, Qayyiman, this book stands tall. It stands tall. The values of this book, this book is upright. Whoever holds on to this book will stay upright. And I'll give you an analogy that I gave many years ago when I was teaching this surah. Imagine that you and I are in, we've fallen into a river. And a river, the water in a river is not stationary, it's moving. It's moving. So anybody who falls in the river keeps going. And you're holding on to a tree whose roots are very deep. You understand? That tree, it's been there for hundreds of years. The water keeps going. Anything that doesn't have any roots keeps moving. And it used to be back up the river and now it's way down the river and it'll keep moving. It'll keep moving. But whoever holds on to that tree is in the same place. The Qur'an is qayyim. It stands in its place. And everybody around you has value. You know what the value today has become? What are they holding on to? If it feels good, it must be right. Well, what's, what's the definition of right and wrong today? What do you think is right or wrong? Well, I think it's, I feel like it's okay. You're, you feel is the, what you feel, what you feel today is not what you will feel tomorrow. And somebody else will feel something else. So there's no more right and wrong. Everybody decides their own right and wrong. So you say, I can't tell somebody else that this is right or this is wrong. Or I can't judge if this is right or this is wrong. Because that's up to them and how they feel. That's their call. As if every person decides exactly what is right and wrong. Every person is their own standard. And Allah said, no, for anybody who believes in this book, He has given a standard. Well, He has, his, he has given a standard. And you hold on to that standard. And it doesn't matter who hates it and who loves it. And that doesn't make us hateful people. It doesn't make us judgmental people. We're still like, we're the religion of Ibrahim salam, I told you. He was arguing on behalf of the nation of Lut. He still wants good for them. But he will never endorse them. He won't endorse their behavior. He wants forgiveness for them. But he won't be okay with what they do. At both at the same time. This is our religion. This is the, the character of our messenger wasallam. If there was one person where you could never find a reason to hate him, that would be our messenger wasallam. Weren't there people trying to kill him? His own family? Nobody knows him better than his own family. Everybody in his family knows no one is kinder, nicer, no one is a more, more of a decent human being than he is. And yet they're trying to kill him. So why do you think you and I are exception that we're going to be loved and appreciated? You know, we, and we, we, you know what we tell ourselves? We got to fit in because if we don't fit in, we're not going to be safe. People around us won't like us and then we're not going to be safe. Who confused us? At what point did we get confused that our safety comes from what people think of us? When did that happen? You know what Allah says in this same surah? That He says the book stands straight. He says, وَلَا تُطِعْ مَنْ أَغْفَلْنَا قَلْبَهُ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا 
don't be influenced by somebody and don't follow somebody whose heart we have made empty from remembering us. And remembering Allah means remembering Allah's word. Meaning a person who has no roots in the remembrance of Allah, a person who has no roots in the values Allah has revealed, and you are influenced by them. And when they say something is good, yeah, that must be good. When they say something is bad, that must be bad. No, no, no. These people just follow their whim. Today they feel this, they follow it. Tomorrow they feel something else, they follow that. The day after they feel something else, they follow that again. Today the arguments about what's right and wrong are going to be different 10 years from now, I can guarantee you. What is, what is being debated right now, is it right or wrong, is going to change. And ten, just like 10 years ago. 10 years ago the conversations happening in the, in the world of media, in universities, about morality were completely different. 20 years ago they were even more completely different. They were absolutely different. And over time they will change again. Our children are being exposed to fitna and new ways of thinking about right and wrong that we never saw. We never had that, not even close. We had our own fitna in our own generations, but our kids are going to face a new level of fitna. And by the time they're adults, it's going to be another level of fitna. And you know what, these new problems, whatever they may be, these new ways of thinking, whatever they may be, it doesn't matter what they are so long as we can give them something to hold on to. Something that says this, this is the roots that we have, it doesn't matter how strong the flood is, and you know what's going to happen? Everybody's being washed away with the flood, and you're the one standing in place, and then they get mad at you, hey, why aren't you flowing down river? How come you're not falling off the waterfall? How come you're standing in your place? Why are you being weird? They're the ones drowning, and they make it act like you're the one crazy for standing in your place. And the problem is when you don't have this belief that you're holding on to the right thing, you're like, yeah, I should be more like them. I should drown like them. <laughs> That's what happened. That's peer pressure. I should dress like them. I should talk like them. I should think like them. I should celebrate like them. I should be okay with the things they're okay with. So long as it feels good. I don't want to offend anybody. Did the prophets offend people? Yeah, they did. Not because they were trying to be offensive. Because they did not compromise the truth. They didn't compromise on what they believed. We're not ashamed of the word of Allah. We're not ashamed of it. Every ayah of the Qur'an is more valuable than anything in the world. More valuable than anything in the world. You know some people, they say, but your, your Qur'an says this. How do you explain it? They're like, oh, oh yeah, how do I explain it? Oh my God, is, is, is that really there? Um, I gotta find an explanation so they don't, they don't get offended. Your first response is, when Allah says it, it's true. Allah says it, it's true. I'll help you understand it. And if you understand it and you find it you know, appealing to you, you like what you heard, Alhamdulillah. And if you don't like what you heard, Alhamdulillah. Because that's Allah's word. It does, it's not there to, to, you know, it's not a product on Amazon that you have to give it ratings. I didn't like this ayah, it only gets one star. I like this one, this one gets four stars. You know what the Muslims will do? How the shaitan will come to Muslims? The shaitan will come to Muslims and say, how about you focus on parts of Allah's book that everybody likes? People are going to like hearing this part. But this other stuff they don't want to hear, don't talk about that. Because it will get lower star rating. Then they won't like you. Then they won't like you. What does Allah say about people who hide any part of His book? Those who hide any part of the book that Allah has revealed. Allah says those are the people Allah curses. 
those are the people that Allah has created angels just to curse them. Just to curse them. Here you and I are thinking, man, if we say this, people will curse us. And Allah is saying, and if you don't stand for the truth, you don't have to worry about people cursing you. There's much worse curse coming. There's much worse coming. Allah says in this surah, He says, وَتْلُمَا أُوحِيَا إِلَيْكَ مِنْ كِتَابِ رَبِّكَ لَا مُبَدِّلَ لِكَلِمَاتِهِ You keep reciting and reading whatever has been revealed to you from the words of your master. Nobody can change his words. لا مبدل لكلماتي This is, our, this is our, our, our belief about the Qur'an You know what people have reduced this to? Oh, nobody can change the word of Allah We recited exactly the way it used to be recited The Qur'an didn't come just to be recited, folks The Qur'an came because its values are to be recited Its teachings are to be recited Its message can never be changed Its, its truth can never be changed What it decided is right and wrong will never be changed. لا مبدل لكلماته ولن تجد من دونه ملتحدا. Listen to this carefully. I remind myself of this and you. And no, and you will never find any place to hide or be safe other than the book. Allah says, you and I will never be safe anywhere other than in His words. This is the only shelter we have. You know, ملتحد ملتحد comes from لحد in Arabic. لحد means a ditch that you dig, that you can hide inside. So when the wind comes, it doesn't hit you. When the storm comes, it doesn't hit you. You, you found some place to, to find shelter. Quran literally defines the world outside as a storm and the only shelter being the Quran itself. What has the Muslim done? What, is, what have you and I done? We say that if we hold on to the Quran, that'll be a storm. So we should let go of it so we can be safe. Allah is saying the opposite. Allah is literally saying the opposite. This is the, you know, the, the, the relationship you and I have with Allah's book and Allah's teachings. If you don't understand how to articulate it, if people ask you difficult questions about your religion, how do you answer this? How do you answer this? You guys are barbaric. You guys are inhumane. You guys, are, you know, these ideas, you know what's become now? Hyper-individualism. What that means is, you better say something that makes me feel good, otherwise you're offensive to me. Right? And what's, this is a great standard, by the way. It's a fantastic standard. Because the only people you can offend is Muslims. Everybody else is safe. Alright? And this is not new. This happened from the time of Fir'aun. It happened before. The Quraysh used to have a policy. Let me tell you, the Quraysh used to have a policy. They never attack people of their own tribe. They can fight somebody else, but within tribe, you're protected. The only time they broke their own rules was for the Prophet ﷺ and the Muslims. They break their own rules. But this is exactly what happens with people. They'll claim certain values, but when it comes to the Muslims, then, you know, the, the, the value system changes. I'm not advocating that you go out and you pray, you know, preach hate, and we don't stand for this and we don't stand for that. But don't be shy about what you and I believe. Because in our intentions to get away from the pressure of people, or they're not going to like us, or we're going to be looked at as politically incorrect, or we're going to be looked at as unpopular, or we're going to be looked at as extreme, why are you worried about that? Are you embarrassed by the truth? Allah calls this book, the, you know, this, this, this book, this message, this is actually al-haq. What that means is, when people hear it properly, you know, they, they hear it and they recognize something inside them that connects with it. Just because people's natures are being corrupted, and people are becoming more and more materialistic, and people are becoming more and more self-centered, doesn't mean we cater our message to make them feel more comfortable. You know, last thing I'll share with you as an analogy is, you know, Ali radiallahu anhu used to say, An-nasu niyam. People are sleeping. People are sleeping. 
the Quran came to wake, wake people up, didn't it? Quran came to wake people up. This, this deen came to wake people up. And when someone's deep asleep and you try to wake them up, they get annoyed. <laughs> Let me sleep. You know, this is, this is annoying. I don't want to get up. I want to stay asleep. But you know what? Sometimes you have to wake someone up if there's a fire in the house. There's a fire and you got to wake them up. It doesn't matter how annoyed they get. You got to do it. You got to say what it is. There's a real fire. I don't want to, I don't care about, it's just in my dream. It's not real. I was driving a Ferrari in my dream. I was so much happier. It doesn't matter what you were driving. There's a fire in the house. <laughs> you have to wake up. You have to, you have to face reality. This, this, this teaching that Allah has given us is so powerful, especially for young people today. How much of your definition of right and wrong? How should I dress? What should I say? Who should I hang out with? What should come out of my mouth? What shouldn't I come out of my mouth? If we're teaching our children, they're even embarrassed to say that they're Muslim because somebody made fun of their name in school. They're embarrassed to believe in the Prophet Muhammad I talked to a couple of kids just last week. You know, they're at lunch table. Somebody said, hey, please don't, you know, what are you going to blow up this week? I mean, this is a normal conversation for our kids. They get bullied at school. They get bullied at school. But you know, the one solution to that is we have to, you know, we have to stand by our kids and not allow that kind of bullying in schools. That's one part of the solution. But the other part of the solution is the damage that it does to our kids that they're embarrassed for being Muslim. That's a bigger damage than anything else. What's going to happen in two generations? What's going to happen in three generations? You know, this, this Quran is what gives us our dignity, our strength, our identity. When we let go of this, we have nothing. We will become nothing. We have nothing without this. We have absolutely nothing without this. So we cannot afford to loosen our grip on Allah's book and Allah's values. And this deen that Allah has given us, that is qayyim, no matter what happens. Which is why in the very beginning of the surah, He said, qayyim I conclude with this. Allah said this book stands tall to warn about a great war that is coming. Allah Azza wa talks in the Quran, alludes to it. The Prophet would describe it as the fitnat, fitnat al-Masih al-Dajjal. The greatest trial that will ever come. We're not even there and we're in trial. And this surah is reminding us, don't bend when things get tough. Stay straight when things get tough. And then Allah says, I Allah, Allah sent this book to congratulate people who will do good things. Meaning the definition of good from 14, 1500 years ago and the definition of good today has not changed. What was good was always good. What was bad has always been bad. That will not change. Doesn't matter who likes it and doesn't like it. And people who can hold on to the good, that's actually good. They're going to have great reward in which they will remain forever. May Allah make us from those people that hold on to the good for what it actually is. This, may Allah give a strength of, of deen to all of us and our children and root the faith. This is why Quran calls La ilaha illallah shajaratin tayyibatin asluha thabit. Asluha thabit. La ilaha illallah is a tree whose, whose roots are very deep and firm. Wa sama. Because if the roots aren't firm, then the flood washes it away. So our, our iman needs to be deeply rooted. So we know that what we have, what we have is better than anything else. Everything else will come and go. This will stay. 
And if we don't hold on to this, we will go. But this will still stay. If you and I don't hold, hold, on, hold on to this book, what does Allah say? In You turn your backs, Allah will replace you with some other people. And they won't be like you. He doesn't need you to be Muslim or me to be Muslim. He doesn't need that. He can bring a new creation. He can bring someone else, an entire other nation, who used to be non-Muslims, and Allah will give them Islam. Because you didn't, and I didn't hold on to this book. Because this book is worth being held on to. And those who don't hold on to it, well, they're not worthy of it then. Then Allah wipes them away. May Allah not make us of those who get wiped away. And hold on to this book, no matter what pressure comes. No matter what anybody else says. No matter what you know, fear people try to instill in us. People would come to you and say, people have gathered all against you. You should be scared of them. فَزَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَقَالُوا حَسْبُنَ اللَّهِ وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ And when they heard this, they were increased in their faith even more. And they said, Allah is enough for us. He'll take care of everything. وَنِعْمَ الْوَكِيلِ Who better than to take care of everything than Allah? فَانْقَلَبُوا بِنِعْمَةٍ مِّنَ اللَّهِ وَفَضْلٍ لَمْ يَمْسَسْهُمْ سُوءٍ Those are the people who came back from the favor of Allah. No harm ever touched them. Why? Because when people were gathered and they were being intimidated, they said, no, we have Allah. He's enough. We're not going to let go of Him. That was enough. And then they were fine. You know, وَاتَّبَعُوا رِضْوَانَ اللَّهِ These are people who only wanted to make Allah happy, not people. That's what Quran says. That's what Quran says. May Allah make us of those who only want to make Him happy. May Allah Azza wa Jal protect us in our faith and keep us on this path. Mistakes are made, all of us make them. But may Allah Azza wa Jal make us of those who acknowledge their mistakes and come back to the straight way. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Quran al-Hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyaakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-Hakim. الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى خصوصا على أفضلهم وخاتم النبيين محمد الأمين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين قال الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولا ذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا